You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming at you live on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to continue the conversation regarding Utah basketball. How did we get to this point with Pella Larson now having officially left the program and declared for Arizona? Why might the rebuild take a little bit longer than we previously expected? And what should we expect from Coach Smith at this point in time as he moves forward? We're also going to talk about a sweep how sweep it is for the Utah baseball team as they take three at home against Northern Colorado and discuss what's up next for the Ping and Utes. And lastly, we're going to talk about the Crimson Carpet Award winners, especially a certain winner that I forewarn everyone, it may get a little sappy in here as we talk about Ty Jordan. That's all coming up next here on the Locked on Utes podcast for Tuesday, May 11th, 2021. Thank you for joining me on a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Utes podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today, my Utah friends and family. As always, it is a great day to be a Ute. I want to remind you to check out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. There's no better place to get all your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, hosted by my good friend, my my girl, my cohort, my partner in Pac-12 crime and rhyme sometime. Cindy Robinson. You can check that out. Just search for the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been told that the Apple podcast issue is slowly being resolved. New episodes are showing up now. Previous episodes should be showing up in addition to. So that's good news all around. And give the podcast a listen. I'm usually on Mondays and Wednesdays. So there will be an episode with Cindy and I tomorrow. We're kind of breaking down draft stuff over there, so if, if you're not into hearing about other teams and hearing me talk about other teams, it might not be your favorite, although I do try to keep it as ute-positive as possible. Speaking of being positive, I wanted to talk a little bit about the basketball program, how we got to the point that we're at right now, as we've seen in Exodus, and there's no denying the fact that this does not look positive on the new incoming staff at the University of Utah. However, it may kind of been the, well, Pella Larson departing may not have been the actual desire of uh, administration and those within the athletic department. A clean sweep may have been desired by some in in that respect. Uh, The program, I think the biggest problem with the basketball program, I don't know that the players necessarily had gotten stagnant. I don't think the staff had gotten stagnant, although I do understand people's complaints with how they categorize recruiting. We'll talk about that a little bit in this episode. But the conversation surrounding the program had really just become super negative. And I think even those who are supporters, myself being one of them, of Larry Kriskoviak, understood that the negativity surrounding the program was just going to be too much to, to keep continuing to carry that staff. I actually, it is my suspicion, my belief, based on the way that news was kind of dropped earlier on, 
that there may have been some of the similar feeling within the staff of, of the basketball coaching staff because there were rumors early on that that Larry was thinking about resigning. Then he had his strong statement post uh, after the USC lost in which it sounded like, oh, okay, well, I don't think he's going to resign. And then the news broke that he was officially let go. So somewhere along the line, something must have changed in that that department because usually those kinds of, uh, I don't want to say rumors, but those those whispers that come out to the media don't change directionally that much. But let's go back to how this all started because in 2020, Utah essentially went all in on, on rebuilding the program, and they wanted to rebuild it on the fly. But the issue was COVID. And I think it's easy to look back at the season and forget what an impact that was. I think, look, none of us want to think about how bad the pandemic was. I lost two jobs during the pandemic. So uh, listen, I'm, I'm 100%. I mean, good gracious, Gwyneth Paltrow ate bread. How much worse could it have gotten during the pandemic? You know, uh, if you were online at all and saw that terrible story is thousands had lost their jobs and she's too busy eating a loaf of bread to, to pay attention to that. But Hey, that's, that's not what we're about here. Uh, positivity flows, but university of Utah basketball program gets hit early on by the COVID bug. And it just, immediately stopped before even that we should rewind back because the, the, the two key critical aspects of the kind of sideward spiral that the program went through was losing Caleb Lohner and losing uh, Norbert Thalissen because Bert was supposed to be a 2020 recruit as well. He was supposed to come in with his class uh, had to reclassify for 2021 instead and, and that was a bit of a disruption, but I think the bigger one was losing Caleb Lohner in the middle of a dead recruiting period when you were counting on him to be a part of your front court. Now, I want you to envision to yourself for a little bit that one of the incoming freshmen of the year for the West Coast Conference, 6'8", 215, a strong, athletic, hustle, defending rebounder, being next to Brandon Carlson and Mickey Yontanen, or being next to Brandon Carlson and Timmy Allen. And just picture how much better the team could have been with that. You could have had a front court length of 6'8", 6'10", and six and 7' foot with uh, Loner, Riley Batten, and Brandon Carlson all on the court at the same time for some of the longer teams that we played against. And, and Mickey Yonton and no slouch himself at 6'8", you know, another player that would have added a lot of depth. So the loss of Loner, I think, is something that's very critical to point out. Not not necessarily because I think it's making excuses for the staff or anything like that, but just the timing of it. It happened so close to the season and so far away from the National Letter of Intent signing day that it just really threw a massive wrench into the plans of the University of Utah basketball program. Throw on top of that the fact that they got hit early on by the COVID bug, and that disrupted any early season cohesion and training that could have been developed. And I think part of what misled us all as we were watching this team, and, and by game 20, I still was not sure what this University of Utah team was, but what really threw us off the scent was watching them against Washington in the very first game looking dominant. And I think that covered up the fact that Utah really was not on the same page with one another, and it, it looked like that when they finally played BYU. A team that really didn't have any issues, didn't have any struggles. And, and the, the bigger issue is that 
it knocked pretty much everything off course with a very, very young team that needed that development. And so the cohesion didn't happen until a little bit later on in the season once they'd have a, had a chance to practice together, once they'd had the opportunity to play together. And once that team started to play together, they were pretty good. This is a solid reminder that they lost to Oregon in both games by a combined nine points. Uh, the, the loss at Washington, if Utah doesn't commit two turnovers late in the game, they win that game more than likely. And that those... While those games don't necessarily catapult them forward, I think having the full picture of it now and, and rewinding back to see everything, you realize that this Utah basketball team was pretty good. They were just competing in a conference that was a lot better than anyone really thought. And watching the Pac-12 roll through the NCAA tournament, that was blatantly obvious. None of this is an excuse for anything that happened, but... The issue now becomes that this team has been through roller coaster after roller coaster after roller coaster. At this point, at the end of the year, they're probably just looking for a break from it all. And lo and behold, they decided to make a move at the coach coaching position. And my my thoughts were that there was always risk associated with that kind of a move. That there was the risk of kids transferring. There was the risk of of losing kids from inside the program, and and that has been. Basically, I don't want to say it's basically what's happened. And I think the problem is, is that after going through such a grind of a season, such a brutal season, and this team was so resilient throughout those games. And, and I think a lot of it is is credit to the guys who were there fighting through it. Pella Larson, I think, uh, deserved a lot of credit for that. Mickey Yontanen, Brandon Carlson. Uh, Timmy Allen was Timmy Allen throughout the year. He was always there, always uh, dependable in terms of getting Utah production. But it really wasn't until the end of the year where I think they turned a corner as a team with the younger talent, Ian Martinez, coming into play and, and playing well that Utah really started to to kind of take off. And, and losing Ryland Jones to an injury, that likely hurt them as well. Uh, so, in essence, this team was in constant flux, and then you go ahead and, and remove the coach, it makes sense that it's going to disrupt a lot of things. And so for the guys who were maybe there thinking about leaving, thinking about staying, whatever the situation was, it was an easy way for things to exit out. And so that's where we're at now, where this team is going through a ton of transition. I think it's fair to say that it's not a bad thing to hit the reset button on the program. I think it's okay if Utah goes through a season or two of rebuilding. The issue will be how long will people sustain the support and the positivity towards Coach Smith when Utah isn't continuing to enter in the NCAA tournament. This year is essentially becoming a wash at this point simply because you've lost so much production and you haven't been able to replace it with players that come from P5 programs. So the expectations have to be low. Now, that being said, this team could go and just blow the doors off of people and be great, and that would be excellent. But you can't set that as the expectation for them. So year one kind of becomes a wash, and it's very evident to me that the coaching staff has gone all in on recruiting for 2022. They are heavily invested in that class and that cycle. As the 2021 class is pretty much locked up at this point in time, uh, you're not going to make a ton of movement in that one. Uh, the other aspect is that they need to continue to work the transfer portal and continue to wait and see who comes in to the transfer portal and be ready to to 
pitch those players on coming to the University of Utah. We've talked quite a bit about most of the players that I think would be good fits. Stephon Morris is, is the one that I think really stands out above all else as a guy that you really need to get. So these this is me crossing my fingers that they're able to land him. If you get Morris, now all of a sudden the things are, are really looking up. And so as we look at what Utah has, they're, they're pretty well set in terms of having some guards. They really need some wings, and they really need some front court depth. So those are the things that they have to chase after at this point and, and going forward what they'll need to pursue as well. The question then becomes how much can you how much progress can you make next year to where Utah seems poised to kind of I don't want to say take over, but really jump ahead and 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 make themselves super appealing to those twenty twenty two recruits. And that's the question where I ask myself, okay, how much can they really, really do at this point in time? And I think the true true answer is that they're going to need some help. So this first year kind of ends up being a wash. You project towards next year and, and try and build towards that as best you can and hope that the play and the culture that Coach Smith implements is enough of a draw to try and get a a little bit more talent into the program. That being said, it's important to look back and see the sheer amount of ups and downs that this team went through in terms of development. And as we've seen individually, there are a lot of good talented players from last year's team. So did they underachieve? Possibly. Is this another question mark in just what was a bizarre year as far as COVID goes? I, for those who listened to the episode with Michelle Bodkin, she made mention of how impactful it was on a program like gymnastics. And gymnastics didn't have a single stop or positive test. So that all, I think, has to play a factor in some of the evaluation and where we're basing our expectations. That's the biggest thing here. If you were excited about Coach Smith when he was hired, you need to stay excited about him right now. He's had success everywhere he's been. He brings in a lot of great tools and skill sets. He's gone out and gotten an amazing staff. I think DeMarlo Slocum, Tim Morris, excellent hires. Eric Peterson, very proven guy, can develop bigs. I think he's going to have a lot of success working with Brandon Carlson. I think Brandon Carlson is going to have a big year next year. And I think that Utah can really build off a lot of that. I think he can be a focal point for this team where they can really develop around him and use his game and his skill set in a positive manner. The hope is that it's the guys like Lahat Chun and, and Riley Batten that really start to click and emerge even more so with the new coaching staff. And that will transition over into bringing in more high-quality talent as Utah is, like I said, just invested deeply in a lot of these 2022 recruits. And that can only be a good thing. I think this is this is a shock to the system right now, but much like it was at the start of last year where things were crazy haywire. I think this team, this program is going to come out of it for the better because the grit and the resiliency will continue to grow. Coach Smith is a huge, huge preacher of grit, toughness, of having a positive growth mindset. And I think he will absolutely expand and exemplify that culture going forward. But our expectations can be a little bit less as they go into next year. We can have fun watching this team. It's definitely going to be a team worth supporting. I think by the time things are all done, and the good news is that the transfer portal is not closing anytime soon. 
So there still will be a lot of prospects maybe coming back from the NBA that will enter into the transfer portal that Utah will have a shot with. And by that point in time, the team and and the coaching staff will be a lot more solidified. So for those who are sitting there, sitting back, uh, upset about anything that's going on, listen, Pella Larson was my favorite player to watch at the University of Utah. I was heartbroken when it happened. But at the same time, the optimism, the hope, the positivity should all still be there because the bulk and the base of what this program is going to be built on is is not slowing down anytime soon. And that's a good thing. And the Utah basketball program isn't the only thing that shouldn't be slowing down. Your car shouldn't be slowing down. If it is, you know where to go. It's rockauto.com. Family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for every car, make, and model that you could likely think of. I have a couple old cars in my driveway, and they even have parts for those. So uh, shout out to them for having all the parts for every single car. It's incredible. Everything from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, seat covers. I don't know if that's your thing. I sure do need them. Uh, best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to go somewhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Jumping back into it here on the Locked On Utes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Baseball is still going strong. They'll be playing throughout the month of May, which is a good thing. The bad news is that they won't always be in Salt Lake City. So if you're an Ogdenite, if you're a Northern Utah Utah fan, or if you're up in Logan or someplace like that, it's a great opportunity for you to go a shorter distance and catch the Ping and Utes as they will be playing a few more games at Lindquist Field. But the big news is that they swept Northern Colorado Monday. And maybe the bigger news is that Chris Rowan Jr. continued to absolutely rake throughout the series. Had a homer at one point in time uh, in this series. Was 3-for-4 on Monday with three runs and one RBI. Just an absolutely killer series for him. As well as Jalen McLaughlin, who was 2-for-4 with a run and an RBI. Uh, Kai Roberts, show favorite, two for four with two runs and an RBI as well. And Randon Hostert with a really solid outing as he pitched 5.2 innings, had a career-high nine strikeouts, only allowed one earned run on six hits. He's now 2-0 as a pitcher for the University of Utah. Uh, Dusty Schramm pitched 2.1 innings, not allowing a hit, coming in in relief of Hostert. And Zach McCleave pitched the ninth to get the 13th win of the season for the Utes. They moved to 13-26 and 26 after the sweep over the Bears. There is a busy week ahead for the Ping and Utes. They will be hoping to take some of this momentum forward as they will play Utah Valley at Smith's Ballpark on May the 12th at 6 p.m. So that's tomorrow, Wednesday at, 12, at 6 p.m. So May the 12th, 6 p.m., Smith's Ballpark. They'll then host Oregon this weekend back at Lindquist Field in Ogden. That series will start on Friday at 6 p.m., Saturday at 4 p.m., and Sunday at 11 a.m. So four games this week, a great opportunity to get out 
and watch the Pingin Utes. I suspect that game against Utah Valley will be a very fun one to watch. It will also be streamed on the Pac-12, uh, the Utah stream on Pac-12.com. So if you have the Pac-12 network, that's uh, another way that you can go about watching that game. Uh, it's been a bumpy road without a doubt for the baseball team is, is the stronger competition that they've come in, uh, come into, uh, compete against has really kind of owned them a little bit, you know, number 10, there's no little bit about it. They struggled against the best teams. Uh, Arizona went, went ahead and swept them in that game or that series at Arizona. They did get the win against Arizona state at home one of three there. They beat Utah Valley the last time at Utah Valley, 14 to one. Uh, UCLA got the sweep on the road, et cetera, et cetera. So as we look forward, good opportunity to get a little bit of a springboard uh, versus Oregon. Then it'll be at BYU in Provo, and then they'll close out uh, their Pac-12 schedule with a series on the road at Washington and then back home at USC. And we'll see where they stand at that point in time. This is a young team, young program, definitely showing some signs of life, though. Chris Rowan has been really excellent as of, of late. Kai Roberts and uh, Jalen McLaughlin have both been very strong as of late as well. And so essentially where Utah will hope to make some some strides is as the pitching starts to dial in a little bit more and we'll see how that really goes against Oregon, another good pac 12 opponent. And again, tune into those games this weekend to try and get out to uh, the game on Wednesday. If you can at Smith's ballpark or up in Lindquist field in Ogden over the weekend. And that's another reminder to go to betonline.ag. The fastest is the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Make sure you get your bets placed for the weekend as baseball is in full swing and the MLB, NHL, NBA, all going full throttle right now. There's always a UFC or an MMA fight going on over at betonline.ag. They have odds and prop bets on all sorts of activities, so it's not just game results that you can bet on. They also have bets on award shows or reality TV, whatever whatever floats your boat, there's something for you to bet on at betonline.ag. You can use your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news and contest information there. This is your chance to get into the game as teams are prepping for their run into the playoffs. So go sign up. It's super easy to do it. When you make that first deposit, use the promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus on, on your first deposit. Go ahead, have some fun, make some Skittles, Make it rain. Come brag to me about how great you are at gambling and tell me all your secrets so that I can resurrect the parlay of the day uh, and, and start making myself some money as well. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Utes podcast as Utah Athletics released their Crimson Carpet Award winners. A lot of great athletes honored in the, uh, so there's multiple awards. So uh, the Wellness Advocate Award, three winners, Katie Falk from softball, Jordan Gasper from softball, Jackie Martin from track and cross country. And if you go to the utahutes.com website, you can see all the winners uh, where they talk a little bit about everyone and what they were able to do. The Social Justice Advocate Award 
goes to Myla Labar from track and field. She's been a leader in social justice in the athletic departments on campus and throughout the Salt Lake community. She's passionate, passionate about making the world a more equitable place. She takes charge and has helped coordinate many events such as the Unity Walk and co-running the Utah Group. People like Maya are creating change in the world. The one award that I wanted to point out uh, as this uh, has become a tradition for them uh, with different awards being uh, awarded to different athletes within the athletic department in terms of you know things like women's uh, sport you proud most inspirational athlete uh, the men's you proud most inspirational athlete uh, there's all sorts of awards like that the Dr. Chris Hill Leadership Award which also went to Maya Labar. Uh, on the track team. The men's award went to Justin Kelly for baseball. Play of the year for women went to Alani Sabato for uh, gymnastics as she was a last-minute lineup change uh, on the vault and had to make it despite not warming up. And that vault sealed the, the Pac-12 win for the Utes in the Pac-12 championship. And then they honor women's and men's sports athletes of the year. The Women's Sport Athlete of the Year, probably not a huge surprise here as it was Miley O'Keefe for, from gymnastics. She had a lot of honors this year, but the most impressive were her two national champion titles on bars and floor. It also gave her All-America honors on both events along with all-around honors. She was also the Pac-12 Gymnast of the Year. She helped the gymnastics team win third place at the NCAA National Championships, and she scored a perfect 10 on beam against Washington this year. Uh the one that kind of tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. And, uh, man, it's it's always going to be something that's going to be a little difficult to talk about was the Men's Sport Athlete of the Year. And that was Ty Jordan, a uh, true freshman who solidified his spot as the starting running back and held others to a higher standard of what it meant to overcome difficulty. He always did it with a smile. I don't think this is a surprise. I don't think this is uh, something that was handed out in honor of a player that was lost, who lost his life. Uh, over the Christmas holiday last year. I think this was an award that was earned by Ty Jordan for what he did in the program and on the football field. He was a constant beacon of overcoming adversity and having a smile on his face while he did it and understanding the importance of being with his family and taking care of his family, both his family on the field and off of it. And so I think that was a very fitting athlete to receive that award as, as everything that Ty showed in his short time at the University of Utah, absolutely exemplified that. And uh, shout out to the Utah Athletics Department for a great job done on those Crimson Carpet Awards. They, again, go to the website. You can read all about it. They've done a very good job of presenting some videos along with it, as I'm pretty sure they weren't able to do everything in person like they normally do. Uh, but it is worth watching uh, for sure. And there are several athletes that I didn't even get to talk about uh, that were honored at the award ceremony. So worth, worth the uh, five minutes of your time to go take a look. That's going to do it for today's episode of the locked on Utes podcast. A reminder that the locked on today podcast is the best place to go to get more of the sports news you need in less time. Follow the locked on today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My guy Peter Bukowski does that. He does a great job with it. Has a real good eye for what's what's news and what's what's happening. And and I wonder if uh, maybe he talks about a little bit of Tebow time in Jacksonville at one point in time. So if that's something that you're interested in, go give it a listen. Give him a follow. 
We love it when you uh, support the Locked On Network. Is is pretty much every team you follow now has a Locked On host. So uh, thank you for following us on here first and foremost for all the reviews. Really appreciate it. Love you guys. Thank you for all the support and kind words all the time. Shout out to my boy EJ listening daily. Appreciate you, man. Uh, no better no better coworker to have than uh, Eric Jensen for sure. We'll leave you the same way that we always leave you. Be well, stay well, do well. My Utah friends and family, we love you. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for May 11th, 2021. And we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. Wednesday.